Pleasure is one of the most delicious forms of resistance. <laughs> totally on the Audrey Lord, Adrian Marie Brown, Tony Cade Bambara, right? Um, we are, it's our job to make the revolution irresistible is uh, what Tony said. And so um, it's so important because right now we are, especially right now, we're given a time where we have the opportunity to rise. And I've really been so into this concept of creation being stronger than or being almost a or more potent form of destruction. So the more that you can feel good, the more that you can fuel yourself, the more that you can radiate from the inside out, the more creation of these other ideas, these other ways of being, these other ways of existing can enter into the world through each individual person. Welcome to How to Feel. I'm Anastasia Holland, and these are words and stories on what it feels like to be human. Hey, hey. Welcome to season two of How to Feel. I am super excited to be back with you today and to be sharing today's episode, How to Feel Pleasure with Sexual Empowerment Coach Anne Nguyen. I'm recording here in my living room with my makeshift podcasting producing setup in times of COVID and quarantining. And I'm looking out my window of my home in Northern California at pine and cedar and maple and my little kitty running around outside with her little bell ringing and chiming as she plays with the other animals that are on our land. And I'm just thinking about next week and the election that us Americans are going to experience and those around the world are going to watch and wonder what we're feeling and going through. <laughs> um, and so I just want to say that I'm here and I'm thinking of that big time. It's kind of hard to think of anything else. And today I'm excited to share an episode on how to feel pleasure and how to feel pleasure in these times and how to feel pleasure in a capitalist patriarchal society that likes to tell women that their pleasure is for other people and that our pleasure is dangerous and it's not something that we should be feeling. Some days during these times are hard for me, for sure, as they are for you, but some days I am hopeful, inspired, and connected to a future vision that involves planetary healing, transformative justice, and radical reform. I like to imagine my children not knowing what a car run by gasoline looks like, a world without police and prisons a world with diverse and decentralized leadership, which prioritizes the health and well-being of historically marginalized lives. I imagine a world of thriving biodiversity and regenerative living. And I imagine getting there not by the tactics capitalism has taught us, but by strategy and ways of being that reflect the way we want to be living. 
I imagine the revolution to be pleasurable, intentional, and alive. And I believe that pleasure, like Anne says in this episode, is a form of resistance. And the more we prioritize pleasure, the more we heal and transform our world. So today I am so thrilled to share with you my conversation with Anne. I hope it provides you with hope and inspiration like it did for me. Welcome, Anne. I am so excited to have you here today. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast is because I'm so inspired by your embodiment of pleasure and your prioritizing of pleasure and your advocacy of pleasure. And from what I know from reading your story, I know that pleasure hasn't always come easy for you. And I know it doesn't come easy for a lot of women listening. And so can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your journey, how you've gotten to this place of being an advocate of pleasure for women and teaching other women how to feel pleasure? Yeah, yeah. So I think like most people who teach or then begin to, you know, translate their lived experience to others, it really started with uh, struggling with feeling pleasure. Um, So, you know, to sort of give like the bigger picture context, you know, I grew up in um, a Vietnamese American family um, and very much in the Uh, the view of, you know, life is hard, you have to struggle, you have to work hard, and that pleasure is frivolous, or it's the reward that maybe you sometimes get, but really you should just go back to work and work harder. (laughs) Um, So there was that cultural and sort of family system context. Um, And then in addition to that, um, I think being a woman in the world where, you know, our, our pleasure, our feelings, our desires, our preferences are not even something that I feel like a lot of us grow up knowing that there is an option towards um, was part of that, um, as well as, you know, witnessing uh, abuse in my household. Uh, So, you know, intimacy, uh, physical relationships and things like that never really felt safe for me. Um, So there's all these different dynamics, as I'm sure many listeners have, right? We have a complex way that we grow up and relate to our needs and especially to feeling good and feeling pleasure. Um, And so my journey with it was really struggling for a long time and being one of those people who's always just been hungry and curious to learn more. And I think specifically, I was around my sexuality in the sense that, you know, there were certain experiences that I couldn't have in my body that I know that other uh, of my friends were able to have. Um, And the formative experiences of um, relating to my sexuality and to my body were really under this view that my pleasure, my body, my sexuality was something to either give away to other people or something to use in this distorted way in order to get love. 
and that was the only relationship that I had uh, to to my pleasure. Um, I mean, aside from you know living life and enjoying my friends and things like that, I've always also had that foundation, which is beautiful. And I think it's a great reminder to to expand where we see pleasure in our lives. That was definitely really helpful. Um, but um, yeah, so I searched for a long time. One of those people who Googled everything and tried to find the right answers. And it wasn't until I found uh, my teacher, Layla Martin, and then, of course, the work of Regina Thomas Hauer and the book Pussy, that I, I heard about pleasure and sensuality being able to be medicine, to be something that you could actually direct towards yourself. You know, even just that thought was really revolutionary. Like, wow, my pleasure can matter. Oh, this can fuel me. It can be a force for good in my life. And so, you know, I, I went into the coaching training to become a sex, love, and relationships coach and really um, embrace a lot of the deeper embodiment practices, but also started doing some of the work from uh, Pussy, the Mama Gina book of just uh, allowing pleasure to, to be a fuel, to do it through how I dressed and the decisions I made um, and to shamelessly pursue it. And I think it just activated this core part of me that is, you know, a hedonist and, <laughs> and loves art and beauty and food and all those things. And it just felt like, oh my God, wait, I'm finally allowed to have this without feeling shame, without feeling bad about it. And the more that I leaned into it, the more it just fueled my life more and more. And yeah, that's why I became so passionate about teaching it. It was, you know, experiencing that transformation. It was one of those feelings of like, I can't not tell other people about it. <laughs> I want to shout it from the rooftops and let everybody know. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my journey with it. Yeah, you mentioned something that I wanted to hit on, which is for so many women, we're taught that our pleasure or just our existence is here to serve other people. And even by what we eat, we need, what we eat shouldn't give us pleasure because then we'll become something that someone wouldn't want or that everything we do is of service. And even our sexuality is of service to our partner and even our pleasure is of service to them. And um, can you just speak a little bit about this? Because I know you work with women and I'm sure a lot of women that you work with deal with like having their existence being for other people and kind of that reclamation of no, actually it's your pleasure is for you and kind of that, that journey. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that with any narrative that we carry that we're trying to dismantle or undo, um, in this case, you know, your existence, everything about you being in service to others you know, it does start with that mentality and that frame or even inviting in the possibility, right? Can I turn around the abundant love that I have to give to others? I have so many clients that are, you know, big empaths, big lovers, big caretakers, and just inviting in the possibility like, oh, can I turn around and actually direct the momentum of that towards myself? Um, is, you know, can I invite in this possibility that pleasure could be a fuel for me, that I can enjoy it for myself? And I think that in practical terms, what that looks like 
is almost small micro moments of reclamation of I get to feel pleasure and I get to enjoy it and maybe even creating that privacy of like I get to enjoy it on my own and you know I'm not just even talking about sensual sexual but you know and really really deeply enjoying your cup of coffee really letting yourself enjoy this song right I think that there are actually a lot of ways that we enjoy pleasure on our own and for ourselves, yet because of the intense sexualization of the, the feelings of pleasure, um, we don't realize that we do have access and experiences to it. And when we can start to recognize that, um, it creates more safety for us. Like, oh yeah, that is normal. Oh yeah, that is great, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I totally do have dance parties by myself in my car where I feel so free. Ooh, what what might that look like then if I start to bring some of those into the sensual and the sexual? You know, it can be like a gradual thing. Totally. And I think because for so many women, sex has a lot of charge and a lot of um, trauma associated to it. Just even if you had a perfect like childhood upbringing and experience and just of our culture, that pleasure and sex can feel really overwhelming at first to think like, oh, I need to, okay, figure out how to feel pleasure for myself in this sexual experience and bringing it back to, well, your, the pleasure you feel with your cup of coffee and then increasing your capacity to then take that into a more heightened space to kind of explore it. So I love that you touched on that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it goes back to to redefining pleasure. So to me, pleasure is being inside of your senses, being present and being open to enjoying what is what's here and what's in front of you. And so for those listening that are like, okay, how can I start to lean more into this? One of the things that I always teach is my 5% pleasure rule which is in every moment, how can you make something just 5% more pleasurable, right? Can you light a candle with your takeout dinner? Um, Can you bring a blanket with you just for comfort while you're recording a podcast? (laughs) Um, And these little actions, quote unquote little, they're revolutionary. It creates that practice of being like, oh, I get to think of myself. I get to think of what would make this even more enjoyable. And I get to give it to myself and really, you know, have that experience. And that increases what I call our pleasure capacity. We have a capacity for how much pleasure feels safe to feel. And so that can be a really great way to increase the pleasure capacity as well as expand the flavors and the definition of pleasure in your life. Yeah, something I want to talk about is pleasure and capitalism, because pleasure can often be sold to us as something we have to buy and given to us through expensive experiences. And these examples that you're giving are very, very simple, like lighting a candle or bringing your favorite blanket that maybe you've had your entire life and wrapping that around you versus going and getting a villa in Bali. And that's where you learn pleasure, which is great too, if that's the experience that you want. But can you speak to that? Because I would imagine, I know when I was on my pleasure journey and looking at Instagram and all of these people who had all these really nice things and thinking that's, I need to be able to buy this thing to give me pleasure, buy new clothes that really match who I am or 
buy something and in a time when I didn't have a lot of money that felt really hard and so mm-hmm. I'm just curious if you've thought about that or if that's something you could speak to yeah absolutely I mean good old capitalism creeps <laughs> into every part of our lives including our pleasure right yeah um so I'm so glad that you named that and you know thank you for that honesty and for sharing that and you know I can get trapped in that loop as well and I think that the biggest thing is a reminder that again, bringing it back to pleasure is the sensory experience of how much you are allowing yourself to be present, to feel literally the sensations of sight, of smell, of touch, of sound, of taste in every single moment. And so pleasure, the experience of pleasure is a thousand percent something that comes from within. And so I think remembering that frame, you can make any experience in your life ecstatic, orgasmic, blissful even, um, without it having to be over the top, luxurious, or tied to, yeah, this capitalistic um, imagination or not even imagination, like a marketing and a push of, of what that looks like. And I mean, we definitely all know (laughs) the people who are secretly miserable crying their eyes out in Bali. Yeah. (laughs) Or have been those people. (laughs) Yeah. I've been one of those people. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, remembering that too, that pleasure is so much deeper. And yeah, I think that it is... um, It is a disservice that capitalism does to us that um relates pleasure with yeah the the over-the-top materialistic values um totally so you have a necklace that you're wearing right now that says pussy (laughs) and i know for you one thing i love about you that really inspires me is on your instagram you ask like what would your pussy wear today or what does your pussy want to do and can you speak to that for women who are like what my pussy has a voice or my pussy can tell me things Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the first thing about pussy is it's not just your anatomy. It's not just a physical um, aspect of you. It's also the emotional, uh, the energetic, right? And so people of all different expressions and genders and bodies can all love and experience pussy. And the reason why I speak about pussy is because it really is an aspect of what I feel like is our collective psyche, almost like almost like shifting to seeing pussy as an archetype um, or uh, or yeah, like an like an archetypal type of energy. Um, and I mean, some of this is related to the anatomy, but you know, your pussy is the one of the only parts of your body, the clitoris, which is part of the pussy, is one of the only parts of um, any any form that is made just for pleasure. There is really no other survival physiological function. I mean, besides like making you want to have sex, so then you have, you know, create um, more of your kind. But, um, you know, it's it's sort of like, got this energy and this essence of pleasure of, I mean, it can be different flavors for everybody. Right. Um, And I think that when we tap in and we reclaim this part of our bodies, um, it activates that type of energy that we've been suppressing or looking away from. 
And, um, and then I think that it also relates to, you know, your whole body is always talking to you. And I think that this is such a beautiful part of reclaiming your pleasure in your body and sexuality too, is to start to see your body as alive, as a wise, um, always, always speaking to you, always signaling to you um, part of your being and of your essence. And so pussy is just one of the places, but often, especially when you're working with sexuality, one of the places where wisdom can come through and you can discover a different aspect of you in there. Um, generally, usually associated with your pleasure, with your power, sort of some boldness. Um, but, uh, you know, pussy can be all different types of flavors and personalities as well. So um, I think giving giving over some of the decision making or learning how to listen or live with pussy it's just reconnecting to this raw like power source within that we've turned away from and it is extremely powerful right whether it's a uh, physical or energetic it's like the portal to life it is it holds so many different flavors in there um and i'll also clarify that uh you know it's the energetic and physical like pussy encompasses all so it's, you know, the ovaries, the womb, uh, the vaginal canal, like the whole, that whole area. Um, and so, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of amazing flavors of you that can be activated when you start to create a relationship and perhaps allow pussy to take the rein sometimes, like that bolder part of you <laughs> to make some moves. Yeah. What would you suggest like someone who's never even thought about connecting to pussy energy or to their pussy, like how to start having a relationship with that and what are some practices that they can work with? Yeah. So I think usually what I see is just a reconnection and an acknowledgement of pussy. And so oftentimes what I will give to my clients is um, mirror work. So actually being able to look at um, look at pussy and to look at your vulva um, because it's, I mean, there's so much conditioning around that and, you know, it can be a big experience. And so I would invite people to, you know, do it in small doable ways. If you feel like even just starting to look at your own, like your own body in the mirror, things like that might be a good first step. Um, but there is something really, really powerful about reclaiming and being able to look at that part of you um, and to, to honor it um, and to, even if it feels hard, even if there's like a lot of conditioning around it, to say, you know, I'm willing to open up to connection with you, to loving you, to supporting you. Um, and then the other way I would say, you know, if you don't feel comfortable, like fully looking, uh, you can even do some like hip circles, even just like in the general area, <laughs> um, you know, even dancing, just loosening up that area and just pausing to, 
to ask questions. I usually say simple yes or no questions are good. You can start with easy ones like, okay, like what do I want to eat? Do I want to get this type of coffee or that type of coffee? Like really easy ones. And I feel like even in the beginning, if you're like, I don't really know if my pussy is talking or whatever, (laughs) it's still the practice of in every moment giving yourself the option of what feels most pleasurable right now? What feels most like a yes? And I think even that permission is so, can be so life-changing. Yeah. As you're speaking, I'm kind of thinking like, as you started doing this on your own journey, did you notice that all the things that our culture tells us that doesn't make us feel pleasure is just kind of the antithesis of this practice? Did you notice that it was harder to kind of engage with, say, like, body normative kind of ways of being in the world or like different messages that were more harmful to your system and now engaging with this new practice that felt so good to you? Yeah, yeah. Let me clarify. Do you mean like, did I feel that the way that I started to interact with the world and its current conventions changed? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. (laughs) 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 Yeah, um, you know, I, for a long time, I tried to be really chic, really cool, really sleek. And so I would wear like not a lot of colors. Um, I was really trying to be, I mean, if I'm really honest, I was trying to be like the woman that I thought my boyfriend at the time was actually into, which I was like, Mm -hmm. that's actually like not who I am. And I thought that wearing colors was like tacky and like all of this stuff, just all of this useless judgment Mm -hmm. and when I started connecting with my pussy she started to really guide me towards wearing bold colors big earrings red lipstick and this is just me it's my natural expression right it might be different for everybody else but I started to show up in the office in that way and that was outside of convention for sure um being loud being seen being expressive um even even pursuing like beauty within the office that I can show up as a woman and be beautiful and be professional um, was a big edge. And then, um, and then, yeah, I mean, pretty much just every way, except it's a different feeling. It doesn't feel, what I found over and over again is it doesn't feel necessarily, I mean, it totally does feel like, haha, like, screw you guys, I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) But what I found is that it's very activating and it's very liberating for other people. It's actually received really well. There's like a comfort, there's like a a magnetism and there's like a, ooh, more so that I realized um, happened, uh, which was really surprising for me. Um, So yeah, yeah. that for sure. And then, yeah, 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 totally. When I see your Instagram, it's, it's a feeling inside of my body of like, Ooh, like what can I do to be this way in my own version? And, um, even just your, your reclamation of your body and just kind of like who you actually are and what you write about in terms of, of, just like not trying to be super thin and super like controlled and just being yourself and exploring pleasure. And can we talk a little bit about that? Just so much 
because pleasure is connection to sensation, so much of it is connection to our bodies, which for so many people is a a traumatized relationship essentially, or a troubled one. And can you speak to that journey or just even for yourself of, of reclaiming your body as your own? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, this really reminds me of what I often talk about as well, which is in sexual reclamation of the, the process that I teach around it, there are really four, four Ps, I call them. So there's purification, there's pleasure, uh, there's power, and then there's practice. And so when we're reclaiming our bodies, um, purification will happen. And purification is really allowing the grief, allowing the shame, allowing the rage, right? All of those feelings to actually be there and to move through you. And so as much as I would love to tell my clients and everybody like, oh yeah, just do pleasure. It'll be great. You know, it is really important to know that that is so normal to move through those layers and that actually moving through those layers and letting yourself face them and letting yourself feel them is a thawing. And what's beautiful is that when we purify, we create more space for pleasure. And the more that we bring in pleasure, the more capacity we have to purify. And so what I love is teaching that you can walk both of those roads at the same time, pleasure and purification. So I'll just give you a concrete example of this, something that I really think about a lot, especially in body love and reclamation of body is actually giving your body loving touch. It doesn't even have to be sexual. It can be giving yourself a hug. It can be stroking your own skin. And that is activating pleasure, right? Inside of your system, uh, like rewiring pleasure to be associated with your body. And then as that happens, any grief, anything that needs to come through, being able to hold that without judging it, right? Of course, I mean, judgment will come, but um, of course you feel all these ways. Of course, um, there's grief around your body. Of course, there's hatred for your body. The system was designed that way, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to name that that is a really a crucial part of reclamation of pleasure and reclamation of your own body um, is the acknowledgement and the, the movement of that charge of what your current relationship has been. Um, and then that, you know, the second P's of power and practice are, you know, taking taking back your power and deciding, no, I'm going to choose a different narrative, even if it's going to be hard and it'll be gradual, like I'm going to take that back. And then the practice is really, yeah, the, the embodiment piece, the, the actually feeding your system with love intentionally to show up for it because that's when true transformation happens. Totally. Yeah. I love the, the statement of, purifying while also feeling pleasure at the same time because it can seem counterintuitive like oh I'm gonna look at my pussy in a mirror and then now I'm flooded with all of these hateful thoughts towards my pussy and I just want to shut that down and put that away because that's technically in air quotes the opposite of what I'm going for here but actually feeling that is is leading me towards true pleasure and to true like reclamation of of myself you know so I love that you spoke on that yeah. yeah, because this is 
I believe reclaiming pleasure for ourselves is a revolutionary act and is there's a reason that our system has tried to suppress it and oppress it within us and we become very powerful beings when we when we connect to it so it's mm -hmm. i want you to speak a little bit to kind of the ancestral journey or unlocking our connection to our ancestors or to the people that walked before us to our lineage um because i know that that's something you speak about that it's not just even a reclaiming for ourselves but for all of the people who walked before us the women who walked before us the women of color who walked before you you know and mm -hmm. just speaking to that so yeah yeah i mean what my personal experience was was that i had heard that ancestral healing can happen through pleasure practices and through your own personal healing but i was honestly like cool i believe that and <laughs> you know i'm sure some crazy advanced people will feel that but like not me and it was pretty crazy how how soon in my journey i started to feel and to sense that as I was healing my body, as I was giving pleasure to my body, as I was giving love to my body, as I was moving old charge through my body, that it felt connected very much to my ancestors. And of course, you know, my lineage is Vietnamese, there was war, um, there's been a lot of violation, um, like sexual violation um, of my, my mom, my aunts, everything like that. And just, you know, just the, the feminine in general being so suppressed um, through, through the patriarchy for centuries and centuries. And so um, I think that one thing that I think it was Layla Martin said that really resonated with me and that stuck with me is that, you know, we do this for all of our ancestors who couldn't. Yeah. We actually, for the most part, very privileged people, you and I, anyone who has access to this podcast, we actually are in one of the first times in our history, maybe not the first time, but like a, a, a new cycle. <laughs> There's probably ancient times where, you know, um, all of that was free. Um, but it's almost like, I don't want to call it a duty, but it's like, we actually have enough safety. We actually have enough, even if it's just in the privacy of our own rooms, to be able to do that and to move through that. And I've just felt so much that when you change your body, your relationship, your way of being, um, it just ripples through. And uh, sometimes you can feel it as old uh, parts of you, old parts of your lineage that you sense. And sometimes it's just the, the way that you're being, you're almost changing like the energy field around you. So the people that come into contact with you, that also changes for them. And I've seen that um, with my mother, with my family um, and things like that. And so, um, so yeah, I think that um, being able to reclaim this is what I call creating a new legacy, right? So many of mm -hmm. us, um, come from legacies of struggle, of survival, and I think we we get to be, we have the chance to be the generation or the person in your lineage who creates a, a legacy of pleasure, a legacy of feeling good. 
Totally. And I know that you, a lot of the women that you work with are women of color and that's, you're a huge advocate for women of color and for them to feel pleasure. And can you speak for the women of color listening to this podcast to why it's so important for them to feel pleasure and especially now in this time and just speak to that journey a little bit. Yeah. I would say pleasure is one of the most delicious forms of resistance. (laughs) Totally on the Audre Lorde, Adrian Marie Brown, Tony Cade Bambara, right? Um, It's our job to make the revolution irresistible is uh, what Tony said. And so um, it's so important because right now we are, especially right now, we're given a time where we have the opportunity to rise. And I've really been so into this concept of creation being stronger than or being almost a more potent form of destruction. So the more that you can feel good, the more that you can fuel yourself, the more that you can radiate from the inside out, the more creation of these other ideas, these other ways of being, these other ways of existing can enter into the world through each individual person, right? I see every single woman of color that I work with just having this ripple effect all around them that then just like continues and grows and grows, right? If I can um, get a woman who is an actor or a lawyer or, you know, in a boardroom to connect to their pleasure, connect to their turn on, connect to this eros, which is the essence of any creativity in our lives, then we can go forth, create, change the world, change our lineages, change our legacies, and, you know, be creation the way that we destroy all the things that we're trying to destroy (laughs) and we can create you can create new ways of being from the foundation of pleasure versus Mm -hmm. scarcity oppression Mm -hmm. trauma everything that our country our world has been built on essentially Mm -hmm. yeah and i know that especially for women of color um and i'm sure many other cultures but the narrative is very strong that I have to carry my 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 lineages struggle on my back. I have to be yeah. the one to work super hard in order to free us. And there's that energy of of heaviness, of struggle, mm-hmm. right? So can we choose another way? Yeah. Can we go this way instead? So so powerful. Totally. I love that. One of the last things I want to hit on is pleasure showing up as pain first which we talked a little bit about this of trauma surfacing but specifically of individuals feeling pain during sex and I know that that was something that you've written about and pleasure being painful and what have you found as a a common cause for that or what's happening specifically sexually because I know a lot of women and individuals deal with this of pleasure in sex being painful and just speaking a little bit to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, our bodies remember, 
things and experiences, emotions, um, past traumas, or even just bad sexual experiences can actually get stuck uh, in your tissues and and in your physical body. Um, Not to mention also to, uh, you know, when you don't feel safe, there is a contraction, there's a bracing, right? And that process is actually called armoring. It's creating um, an armor around these parts of you that are very vulnerable, extremely sensitive, extremely intuitive, you know, extremely powerful. And so what I often see is that we need safe spaces and safe practices to be able to release that tension and some of the emotion and the charge that's connected to it. And so there is a process called de-armoring where you can actually, it's like acupressure. You go and press different points in your vulva and you actually release through sound and through emotion, um, some of what might be um, in the cellular memory of your pussy. Um, You know, that is like a going in directly type of form, but oftentimes even doing some of the more mental, the more uh, emotional work around your sexuality and safety inside of your body, um, it can create an openness, more relaxation, um, not feeling like you need to armor and brace, um, which can help alleviate um, that painful experience as well. And that's definitely why I always say any sexual healing, you know, for it to be holistic, touching all of those different areas in our relationship. Um, and and then the last thing that I'll say is, you know, any sort of sensation that's heightened inside of our bodies, if we're not used to feeling that much sensation, will feel scary. It'll feel not safe. It'll feel unknown. And that's why I talk about building that pleasure capacity. Pleasure is a highly sensational um, experience. And we also have conditioning of how high we can go, right? Mm-hmm. We also associate that with danger. Like, oh, you're fully alive. You're fully expressed. Um, you're, you're, you're shameless. You're ecstatic as a woman. Whoa, you know? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I'm so glad that you named that because I think a lot of my clients and the people that I see on the journey, then they're like, well, why am I resisting pleasure? I know it's good for me. And so, yeah, it's really good context to know that um, just as much as we are supposed to be perfect and happy, there's also so much conditioning that creates a ceiling on that, um, that we can also move through. Totally. (laughs) So, I have some semi-rapid fire questions for you just to end off that I ask everyone. So the first one is, what's your favorite way to feel your feelings? I want to say just cry, like put on a (laughs) song and just move and rage or cry. Um, Yeah, I love a good shower cry. Same. Um, Yeah. If you were to do any job other than the one you're doing, what would that job be? The first thing that came to mind was a park ranger at an amazing like national park or I remember I visited Iguazu Falls in Argentina and the tour guide. I was just like, okay, you get to show people this every day. Like I could <laughs> <laughs> Um when do you feel the most alive? 
Uh, I feel the most alive when I am standing at the shore of a beach and something that I often do is just put my arms out wide and I do that relaxation and letting the pulse of beauty of nature flow through my body. So yeah, yeah, standing on the edge of a cliff with my (laughs) arms open being like, yes, life. (laughs) I love that. If someone were to come and ask you, how do I feel better? What would you say? I would say, give yourself a hug. (laughs) (laughs) Loads of self-compassion. Yeah. (laughs) That would be the first thing. Just like, oh, tender you. Like, can we just hug you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always say just like acknowledging, like there's a you having an experience here, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. The last thing is for everyone listening and they're like, oh, I want to work with Anne or I want to know more about her. Where can we find you and what do you have going on right now? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the Anne Wynn, T H E A N N N G U Y E N. My website is also theannewynn.com. Um, I have a group on Facebook called Pleasure Power Party, and that mainly has just a bunch of live trainings that I've done uh, that are really beautiful. And right now I'm running my current round of my signature program, which is the School of Super Pleasure, and this edition is for women of color, but it's a 16-week group journey where we cover body love, pussy reclamation, self-love, orgasm, all of the things, and I will likely be opening up enrollment for a general um, cohort early next year. And then I also do one-on-one coaching, which is currently on a wait list until about November, December. Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much, Anne. This was amazing. And I'm so glad you got to come on. Yes. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of How to Feel. If you want to stay updated on the release of future episodes, go ahead and subscribe. And if you like the podcast, I would so appreciate a review. For all other information about my work, about upcoming events, about the podcast, you can head to www.anastasiaholland.com and also come hang out with me on Instagram at Anastasia Holland. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week.